Welcome to the Rush Hour. Your daily dose of pop culture and entertainment news for your Rush Hour ride. Work sucks, but your commute doesn't have to. Buckle up and enjoy the drive with your host, stand-up comedian and power recapper, Dave Neal. Hello, everybody. Happy Hump Day, January 10th, 2024. Got all your entertainment news in one place. Some Bachelor content, some non-Bachelor, some Golden Globes fallout still continuing. You know, we got some scandal stories here. Maybe even a UFO sighting. Let's start it off. Are Justin and Susie dating or not? Can we get an answer already? Here's Jason Tartik teasing this announcement. Me, but this week, we got Olivia Flowers episodes tomorrow. And then later in the week, we got Bachelor Nation's hottest cup. Couple. I don't know. Justin and Susie, they're coming on. Francesca from Too Hot to Handle is coming on. Working on scheduling Jax from Vanderpump. We'll see. And some others are. All right, so there it is. Jason Tartik confirms Justin and Susie a cup. Well, maybe not a couple. We'll have to see. Hey, look, I don't blame Bachelor Nation for for people who want to couple up or don't couple up. It's really an unfair target they get. Whenever whenever Bachelor Nation, uh, you know, alumni get in relationships. Look, I understand it's hard for a normal person to know what they go through, but it's pretty wild out there. I mean, look, I'm not even in uh, the alumni class, and I have to deal with a constant. I mean, I've had to take my watch off, my Apple Watch, because I'm getting too many messages, and the the like the kid inside me wants to respond to it all, but I just can't. You guys might remember this from way back in the day, Bookshelf Dave. I used to pride myself. I would brag. I respond to every comment I get. And then at some point, I was like, guys, I, I can't do this anymore. For my own sanity, I cannot make content and respond to content at the same time. Luckily, most of you guys get it. Some people were like, Dave, you've changed. And it's like, yeah, I know. I no longer have to work in you know a side job to pay the bills, you know, make minimum wage. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And with that comes, unfortunately, sometimes knowing when to disconnect. What's that Dunbar principle? You can only know a couple hundred people. I try my best. I absolutely love you guys. Our Patreon in the last few months has jumped from like 250 members to 975. It's absolutely insane how amazing you guys have all been. Thank you all so much. Well, look, it is hump day. And the quickest way to get to Friday is to cover UFO content because that really helps the time fly. Here's a clip on TMZ of journalist Jeremy Corbell. Smart people won't be silenced on UFOs. I guess I guess in order for me to lead into this clip, I should probably do you guys the honor of starting it us off with some X-Files music. Will 2024 be the year of the whistleblower? Let's have a listen. It's a two and a half minute long clip. Let's see what he has to say. Of course, I don't know if you guys know this. Jeremy Corbell is one of the leading journalists and ufologists, as they're called, with regards to exposing some of the things going on out there. Have a listen. In your words, because, you know, we're calling this uh, the UFO revolution. Why is it a revolution? Yeah, I mean, this is a completely different place where we're sitting now than we were back in 2017 when we saw the New York Times article come out. People are now aware that the UFO presence is a reality, whatever that presence represents to humanity. Now we're able to ask questions. That's the revolution. Smart people can talk about UFOs. There was such a stigma before, and that stigma was crushing the scientific investigation, and it was posing a a military issue, a military threat. It is acknowledged that there are unknown objects of unknown origin flying with impunity within our restricted airspace that can outpace, outmaneuver, and outperform anything we have, and we've been closing our eyes to it and keeping it secret, and that secrecy, it has eroded public trust. I know in this special we're getting to a lot of the people who have paid dearly 
um, for speaking up about things. And now hopefully that is changing, that people feel more free to, freely to speak about this. But talk about some of the, you know, what those people have gone through because it's, it's really awful the way some of their lives have been ruined. That's right, and some of that is public, and some of that is obvious, and some of that is just you know, hit pieces, but there's a much deeper level where people are being pressured to not come forward. If they've had hands-on experience working on these non-terrestrial technologies within private industry under an intelligence agency, and I've talked to numerous people that have and do work in those positions, just the idea of coming forward and breaking from the fold, the oppression and the silence that's put on people. Now, you're going to be hearing more about that directly from people. That is the goal for 2024. But as far as suppression of information, I can tell you firsthand that there is absolutely tactics that are put forward. This is a secret. UFOs is a secret for our government. They don't want it out. This is not some orchestrated attempt to get more information out. We have fought for every millimeter every single inch on this subject. And finally, we're getting to the point we're seeing that, that leaks and whistleblowers, that's moving the ball forward. So if Congress won't do it, if Senate won't do this, then look, we're going to have to do it our own way. Oh, right. Don't you love some good UFO talk right there? I mean, uh, you know, it's known that people used to be seen as quacks if they spotted a UFO. And it's like, why? I mean, people see what they see, you know. Uh, there there may be stranger things out there than fiction, you know. Who knows what's up in the skies? You know, it's actually interesting to talk about UFOs and the shaming that goes on uh, in covering this and relate it somehow back to Clayton Eckert's paternity scandal. If someone can relate it back to Clayton Eckert's paternity scandal, I can. Now, you might know my political leanings. I share all the one-star reviews I get from crazy people that don't like my views, but I'm generally a progressive guy who feels like the minimum wage needs to be raised. We need to spend more money on the middle class. And very basic things. I think I'm very progressive in most of my measures, if not all of them. But with that said, there's a gaping issue that's going on with the lack of coverage in 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 the world and i shouldn't say the world but at least in the niche as with regards to the clayton eckert paternity scandal and it might not be the biggest story for the world to hear and i hate that these stories are cherry-picked by certain people to be like told as a way to say oh you shouldn't believe women this and that no i think you should absolutely believe women i think you should believe men i think generally we should we should believe people when they come forward and have a story to share sadly though what i've noticed is a grassroots effort Effort, primarily by women to get Clayton Eckert's story shared. <clears throat> Excuse me. And what I've also seen is a lack of effort uh, from the media to have this story shared. And you might say, well, is it maybe it's because the story's not big enough? And I was like, I don't know if that's it. LawTube, all the people online are really taking an interest in this story about how could this lady, Jane Doe, really weaponize the justice system in a way where she's made life a living hell for all of these men? And how much of this bandwidth is taking away from people that actually need the help, real victims? I've talked about people in my family and very, very close to me that, of course, have been victims of DV and other issues. And we all know somebody, it hits very close to home to all of us, right? It does. It hits close to home. And we pay with our tax money for the resources to fight the fight to make sure that uh, there is some sort of I don't know, justice that can be served when people violate that. And what I've learned and, and what I've seen here is, you know, with, with, um, 
as far as like this idea of journalistic integrity, it doesn't really exist anymore. You know, a lot of a lot of the previous business models of the mainstream media, they're just they're just uh, they're all kind of dying out in the sense that most good journalists are like private YouTubers. Be, you know, why is that? Well, because you know the money's not there the way it used to be for like real exposes. I mean, I can think on one hand how many how many organizations exist that can do things like the spotlight movement, right? With the I believe the Boston Globe, which was you know a dedicated long-term effort. They put a lot of money into it. Dozens of investigators that were able to unearth a really tragic, uh, you know, uh, thing in the Catholic Church, right? We all know that story. Uh, but in today's world, the, these uh, these companies are holding on by the thread. I mean, Us Weekly, these garbage celebrity magazines, they don't make much money. They sell ads. They, they, they make stupid articles of people's, uh, you know, baby showers. They don't have the critical infrastructure to invest in the sort of the bandwidth that's required here. So I don't blame people on the individual level. We just have moved to a weird form in society where it's almost it's almost easier to trust individuals and not corporations. That's why uh, you know I get my news from Breaking Points and from the David Pacman show. I get it from a few other places, but I trust these people. I don't always agree with them, but I trust that they're telling me their opinion on the matter and they're not being bought and sold by like big pharmaceutical companies that buy all of the cable news programming. So clearly we're not going to cover a story about Pfizer. I mean, these aren't quack conspiracies. This is just how it all works works, folks. And there's a lot of people that don't want to bite the hand that feeds. And if someone's agenda is to not expose a story that might go against the narrative, and this story being that Clayton is the victim here, look, we need to be able to tell that story. And I say all of this because, you know, there are people with good intentions, very smart people within my community and within your community that have advised me not to go on some of the YouTube channels I'm going to be going on and have advised me not to have some of the conversations I'm going to be having. And I just say this, when we talk about echo chambers, people say, oh, Dave, this is going to look bad for your brand. It's not about me, guys. It's not about my brand. I appreciate those that are concerned for me, but what it's about is getting the truth out there. And if I have to tell that story in front of an audience that some believe is an audience that might take this story and run with it, I'd rather prosecute my point and share this case to an audience that needs to hear this story versus an audience that already understands this story. And what I mean by that is if you're a political candidate, say Bernie Sanders, I'd much rather him go on Fox News then go on MSNBC because I would rather him try to convince able-minded people that are rational that might uh, you know see his viewpoint. You know, you know, <laughs> a lot of people that don't know Bernie think he's this ridiculous guy, and obviously he's not running for president, so we're using him as an example here. But people. You know, people are, were afraid of him in power because he was speaking a lot of truths. He was out there speaking to a working class group of people that vo- that wanted to vote for him both on the left and the right. A lot of people, uh, you know, this is something that a lot of people don't want to don't want to admit. A lot of people that were Bernie Sanders fans then went on to Donald Trump. It is true. He had a segment of an audience that wanted somebody to fight for them, and he, you know, he's been you know Bernie's been involved in unions his whole life and fighting for the working class and this and that. My point is uh, people shouldn't smear Bernie and say, oh, you shouldn't go on Fox News because they think differently. It's all about Americans. And we say Americans because this is more of an issue here in the US, uh, being able to regain communicating regain. I, I'll have to deal with the fact that some people might call me some crazy names because I'm willing to talk to people that might think differently than me. And that's okay. 
I'll be back with more content right after this. All right, you don't want it too depressing. I'll get to the kinky shit. TJ Holmes and Amy Robach, remember them? They both lost their jobs at Good Morning America, the third hour. It's not like they were the 8 a.m. hour. And now they talk about their kinky side. They, they share their kinky side into handcuffs, shower stuff, and more. Have a listen. But I've yes. done this a lot with people who are already dating, engaged, married. Oh, okay. And I have to say, y'all agreed on a lot. Okay overwhelmingly okay. okay so we're starting off on a strong place um, okay so let's kick it off there okay you're both and no one yell at me they call themselves this you're both extroverts you're both intense people mm. you're morning people mm. you enjoy relaxing at home mm. you're close with your family you're mm. open to cooking together mm. but i don't want anyone to get bored we definitely ask saucy questions okay. too okay and you were all really aligned there as well so <laughs> You <laughs> so I, we're boring, is what you're saying. N- not for much longer. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you both enjoy sex more than foreplay. Whoa! You're both super into post-workout sex and shower sex. Okay. And people, they prefer cuffs over ropes. All right, there it is, folks. Uh, not to tie you down on this Wednesday, they prefer handcuffs. This is, I, I guess, this is, look. This is actually they had a conversation with OK Cupid's global head of communications. Michael K. And they laid out for them the kinky things. Oh, great. Good to know. Things I didn't know I needed to know about Amy Robach and TJ Holmes. Of course, their relationship was exposed. They were both, I guess, essentially cheating on their partners, although I believe they were both separated from their partners. Their ex-partners are now dating each other. So the people they broke up with are now dating. I know it's a, it's a bizarre story, folks. Either way, now this is the pipeline. You get canceled from TV. What do you do after that? Well, you start a podcast. That's what you do. All right. Here we have Jim Gaffigan, one of the funniest comedians in the world. Uh, he's just so great um, with his simple look at comedy, especially in dealing with uh, the Hollywood elites. Here he is at the Golden Globes sharing a little bit of a bit here. Please welcome actor and comedian from the upcoming Netflix film, Unfrosted, The Pop-Tart Story, Jim Gaffigan. The Pop-Tart Story. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. You know, this is so exciting for me. The Golden Globes. I mean, I, I can't even believe I'm in the entertainment industry. I can't. I, you know, it's so unlikely. I'm from a small town in Indiana. I'm not a pedophile. You know? Jeez. I just... I don't know if that's a new category here, but... <laughs> I'm here to present an all-new category. All right. Okay, then he presents the stand-up comedy awards, not the who's not a pedophile in Hollywood awards. Uh, very funny stuff there by Jim Gaffigan. I mean, you know, that's uh, that's a master at what he does. All right, we got some other news here. Hey, let's send our regrets to Melania Trump's uh, family. It is with deep sadness she posted on Twitter today that I announced the passing of my beloved mother, Ami- Amaliha, I believe. Amaliha was a strong woman who always carried herself with grace, warmth, and dignity. She was entirely devoted to her husband, daughters, grandsons, son and son-in-law we will miss her beyond measure and continue to honor and love her legacy legacy excuse me that's opposed from melania trump i've got a weird story to get to this is a kevin hart beef story i've been following this story for a long time but i haven't been sharing it with you because it's quite bizarre 
Cat Williams, who is a very, very, very funny comedian. Some say one of the funniest comedians out there. Uh, He went on a podcast with, I believe, Shannon Sharp. It quickly became like the most watched podcast of all time. The actual full episode has like 35 million views, a two-hour episode. And then the clips are just taking the internet by fire. He called out everyone in the in the basically in the hip-hop and uh stand-up comedy community including kevin hart here's what he had to say in 15 years in hollywood no one in hollywood has a memory of going to a sold out kevin hart show there being a line for him ever getting a standing ovation at any comedy club he already had his deals when he got here have we heard of a comedian that came to la and in his first year in la he had his own sitcom on network television vision and had his own movie called Soul Plane that he was leading. No, we've never heard of that before that person or since that person. What do you think a plant is? Maybe people don't understand the definitions of these words. He just did his documentary with Chris Rock where he shows you that his whole upbringing in comedy was on the East Coast. Yeah, it was. So how simultaneously was he here in Los Angeles doing the same thing? It didn't happen. It didn't happen. And I, I, I hate to seem like a petty individual for picking apart lies, but Jesse Smollett gonna keep lying until you say we don't believe you. Oh, he goes, Jesse Smollett gonna keep lying until we say we don't believe you. Oh boy, we've been calling out some lies in my community too. Now this might sound like just a crazy disgruntled comedian, and sometimes crazy disgruntled comedians tell you the truth. I don't know what to believe and what not to believe here. Uh, of course, you know Kevin Hart. He had like a meteoric meteoric rise to fame well now kevin hart's and by the way cat williams is considered one of the funniest comedians out there i mean google him youtube him he's just absolutely insanely funny Uh, just like a naturally funny guy uh but either way kevin hart responded now that he found out that cat williams is going on a mini tour with kevin hart's ex-wife now okay this tour has like three tour dates but i have to tell you cat williams you know of course i know a ton, ton of comedians cat williams seems to be extremely generous. I I know multiple comedians who have shared this story this week about Cat Williams, where they said, you know, I opened up for his show. I was supposed to make $700. After my set, he came up to me and said, hey, good work out there, and handed them a wad of cash. I didn't want to count the cash, but after when I went to the diner, I looked at it, it was $3,500. So many comics have this story of Cat Williams sharing in all of his wealth, because again, you might not know Cat Williams, but he's got a huge following. He does gigantic shows. He's super funny. And um, here's Kevin Hart. Here's Kevin Hart responding to finding out his ex is going on tour with Cat Williams. You know, even Charlamagne, a lot of people yeah. were saying that Cat was trying to downplay your accomplishments. What to you is the driving force behind your success? Uh, my success is my success. I want everybody to win. I love everybody. I love that. Once again, you know, your ex-wife is going on tour with Cat. I want everybody to win. I hope the tour is great. That. So you are supportive of. Her. All right, so he says, "I yeah, hope you- the tour is great." He gives he gives you a good answer, and of course, Kevin Hart's super talented. He's a gigantic comedian. This is what you get when you get fame, folks. You get questioned out there. Well, how about a positive story? Oh, so depressing, Dave. Jason Momoa and Lisa Bonet they settle their divorce just a day after filing. You don't hear about this too often. Jason and Lisa appear to have the had their divorce all figured out before they went to court. Just because just one day later, the whole matter is officially settled. A judgment 
has already been entered in the former couple's divorce case, which again just started when Lisa filed for a dissolution of marriage yesterday. I'll tell you what, we have not heard of uh, Rachel Lindsay and Brian Abasolo's uh, dissolution of marriage case uh, moving forward uh, at any quick speeds. Maybe it will, maybe it won't, but uh, we will be following that story very closely. All right, and in celebrity stories that don't matter at all, Selena Gomez shuts down a bizarre rumor. Uh, there was this beef, uh, apparently, at the Golden Globes between her and Kylie Jenner, where this was the rumor, at least, she, uh, at the at the Golden Globes, it was rumored that she went up to uh, Timothy Chalamet and asked him uh, to take a photo, and Kylie rejected her. What a bizarre story. Selena Gomez is calling BS on the idea that she had beef at the Golden Globes with Kylie Jenner and Timothy Chalamet by revealing what her chat with Taylor Swift was really about. The only murders in the building star chimed in after loads of drama circulated, most of which claimed the hot tea she told Taylor during Sunday's awards show was about Kylie and Timmy. Selena commented like she often does on an Instagram post about the rumors, writing, No, I told Taylor about two of my friends who hooked up. Not that that's anyone's business. And now it's like, all right, well, tell me about that then. Remember, uh, folks online thought Selena was telling Tay about getting denied a selfie with Timbo by Kylie, but it sounds like the gossip was a lot hotter than that, depending on who you ask. All right, yeah, isn't that funny? The fans thought they were reading her body language like she had a, 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 a sort of salty, scandalous story. And it turns out the truth might actually be more interesting than the rumors. All right, let's end on a good moment. Here's Brie Larson from the red carpet at the uh, Golden Globes. Uh, this is a completely unplanned moment. This is where Brie Larson found out that Jennifer Lopez was standing behind her and absolutely freaks out. This will make you smile. Again, I know you need to see the visual, but you're going to love this one. Have a listen. Oprah just walked by me. And it's like hard to go like, I'm not in a dream. Yeah. Or I'm in my dream. Yeah, I'm, in, yeah. I'm living my dream. But no, like, no, I see. Jennifer oh my Lopez. God. Jennifer, oh my God. I know, I know. It's Jennifer Lopez. I know. I know. I know. It's I can't deal with J-Lo. <laughs> no, I know. I this is how we all feel. Trust me, we all get this way. No, I even almost cry. I wanted to be an actor. Was I can't. She? She, so she says, this is who made me want to be an actor. So, of course, J-Lo hears they're talking about her. So she starts to walk up. Brie Larson's absolutely losing her mind. What a fun moment. She starts crying. Here it is. You mean so much to me. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm such a huge fan. I saw Selena, and it made me want to be an actor. And you've always meant so much to me. Oh, my God. Don't make me cry. Yeah, I just, it's been a dream of mine. So thank you so much. Your work ethic is so important. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're sweet. Thank you. By the way, how nice is that that Brie Larson compliments her work ethic? I think that's really powerful, you know? I think a lot of people, you know, oh, you look beautiful, you do too. But like, for for one strong woman to praise another strong woman for her work ethic, uh, and also Brie Larson mentions that because of uh, Jennifer Lopez's portrayal of Selena... Uh, that's why Brie Larson wanted to become an actor in the first place. So just a fun story right there. You know, I like to share a little feel good for you guys. Uh, we're going to have a little bit in Bachelor Nation today. It's uh, it's a little bit of the quiet before the storm. We're two weeks away from the beginning of the new season. I'm going to have brand new live streams. I'm going to have some tea for you on Patreon. I'm guessing there's going to be a little bit of a discussion happening uh, on Patreon today regarding some of the politics of the uh, Clayton Eckerd paternity scandal. Uh, I just want to remind everybody, uh, just just keep in mind, everybody's trying the best with the information they have. 
Uh, everyone is on the same side of the story, which is that Clayton is the victim of um, a terrible situation. And let's just like sort of try our best to really breathe in a lot of positive energy today. I know I've been worn down a lot by people uh, with different criticisms coming in different directions. And like, let's just try our best. And um, and I think we're going to get through this. I uh, hope everyone has a fantastic day today at work. Do me a favor. If you're not smiling already, just get out there and find a reason to, because I'm telling you right now, uh, 2024 is going to be a kick-ass year. And I'm excited for what you guys have coming up. I'm excited for what I've got coming up. And I can't wait for us to share it. I'll be back later today with more content. 10.30 a.m. I'll be on patreon.com slash Dave Neal with private membership only content. And then another afternoon rush. As always, I'm Dave Neal. Take care, everybody. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you didn't, don't. Join the free Facebook group, Dave Neal's Community. Got cash? Become a premium member at patreon.com slash Dave Neal. Link in the description below. And don't forget to follow Dave on Instagram at dneals for upcoming stand-up shows. See you tomorrow on The Rush.